unencumbered by political correctness, undeterred in her mission to spread the truth, unafraid to be a true conservative. She's unapologetic, uncompromising, unwavering, and an undeniably powerful voice when we need it most. This is my fight song. This is Rose Unplugged. My power's This episode of Rose Unplugged with Peter Navarro. Wait until you hear what he has to say about Fauci. Oh, my God. Anyway, this episode is brought to you by MyPillow, MyPillow.com. Put in promo code ROSE for up to 66% off. And Hemp Lily, HempLily.com, promo code ROSE, 25% off. Listen, these are great people. They're patriots. They support what we do. Now, get ready for Peter Navarro and what he has to say. Welcome to this episode of Rose Unplugged. I am so excited because I have a guy on that I have admired for a very long time. Listen, he is one of only three White House officials by President Trump's side from 2016 campaign all the way to the end of the president's first term in office. He is the author of the new book, In Trump Time, A Journal of America's Play Gear. Who is it? Peter Navarro. How are you? You know, uh, there's such a special place in my heart for, for Pittsburgh for, for a couple of reasons. Um, going back to the 2016 campaign, uh, the first speech I ever helped President Trump with was his famous, really historic jobs plan speech, which we did right outside of, uh, right outside of Pittsburgh. And what was interesting about it, Rose, is that we laid out uh, everything we were going to do in terms of our economic and trade plan, uh, things like cracking down on China, renegotiating NAFTA, steel and aluminum tariffs and all of that. Yes. And we actually, <laughs> it was a, a wonderful case of promises made, promises kept, because we, we kept every single one of those promises. And the, the other thing I love about about your city is just, just its beauty. I, I debuted my film, Death by China, there uh back back in 2012 that's, that's right and uh i remember riding around the city i rented a bike and going to three rivers and stadium and the and the and the ballpark and uh, it's a very special place you have in in, in pittsburgh very pretty and the, the state of pennsylvania is is in many ways just so 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 trumpian we, you know the, the the fracking Saudi Arabia of, of the world and um, the manufacturing and it, it just breaks my heart to see what uh, what this new regime is doing and you know I wrote the in Trump time book in many ways to describe what happened in that the, the, the last plague year uh, yes. to put us in this uh, this unfortunate position but um, yeah I'm a I'm a Pittsburgh guy. You know, I, that makes me feel good to hear. And I, I want to tell you, I actually was offered a job as the state finance director for Trump victory. And I can tell you, you talk about Pennsylvania and how they really are like a Trump. These are Trump people here in this state. And Peter, there, I went from one end of the state to the other every week. And I saw the Amish who typically don't even come out 
for an election, yeah. organically putting together these horse and buggy parades with Trump signs and yeah. and you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got the boats down in Florida. Yes, I mean it was just so I mean, yeah, it was wow. unbelievable. And wow. I really saw yeah. this is 2020. Now I worked on the 2016 campaign as well, but I have to tell you what I saw was even a, a greater enthusiasm in 2020. So I'm very confused about how all of this turned out. But when you talk about promises made, promises kept, uh, and you see what happened in this last year what trump did first let's talk about that that plague year i, I like how you put it because you know it really was sure. a plague year in many ways frankly um what are some of the things that struck out uh, the stand out in your mind when you think about from the beginning of that plague year until we saw the the um the end of his term uh well, let me preface that by saying that if, if you're confused about Pennsylvania, read the In Trump Time book, because there's no question in my mind, and yeah. I prove it in the book, that he won he did. the six battleground states uh, unquestionably, including Pennsylvania. But to your point, uh, the In Trump Time book begins in what I call the Red Wedding chapter in Chapter 1. Okay. I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones person, <laughs> but, but I, you know, I'm sitting there. In the East Wing of the White House on January 15, 2020, POTUS is at really at the top of his game. We got the strongest economy in modern yes. history. You know, everything like looked like it was going to be a, a, a walk in the park um, to re-election for him. And I'm sitting in the audience. And years before, in 2006, in, in my first China book, Coming China Wars, I actually had predicted that communist China would create a viral pandemic that would kill millions. Wow. Now, now par parse that for a minute. Now, just, just think about that. You, you, you can count on, like, two fingers the people who predicted that. But, but what it did was made me, like, I'm sitting in the audience that, that day, and I'm in, literally in a cold sweat. I rarely ever sweat, but I was in a cold sweat that day. Because I'd seen the intel coming in from Wuhan. I saw the crematoria burning bodies over time. Um, and I'm looking at the stage where Boss is up there with Leo Ha, the Chinese vice premier. And I'm thinking to myself a couple of things. It's like I'm thinking, what do these commies, well, I'll keep it clean. What do these commies <laughs> know that, that we don't? about the virus you know that's number num number one number two is a human the human transmission and if, if they're infected why did they shake my hand last night at the trade dinner and wh why are they oh. sitting so close to the president right wow. and most importantly i'm thinking to myself with visions of chernobyl and pearl harbor and the twin towers going through my mind could this possibly be a bioweapon that the Chinese are going to use to take down the only president that ever stood up to them. Wow. And, and that, you know, that's chapter one, right? And, and it immediately goes and, go, the, you know, the book is a journey about answering that question. But the next chapter uh, is so interesting because two weeks later, I'm in the situation room with uh, the president has sent me there. It's January 28th. He sends me there to uh, lobby the task force uh, to support his travel ban. I mean, this is early in the pandemic. He and I are like one of the two few people in the White House who are taking this thing seriously. Right. O'Brien is there as well as the NSC advisor. And and he says, you know, Peter, go, go get them on side, right? So I, go, I walk in there, Mulvaney, the acting chief's down at the end of the table, 
Uh, he's chairing the meeting. I, I got Pompeo's hack on my left shoulder. <laughs> but the Orville Redenbacher doppelganger, a.k.a. Bob Redfield, kind of like the bumbling director of the CDC is at 11 o'clock across from you next to Azar, the Secretary of Health and Human Services. I know all of these guys are going to be on the opposite side for, for different reasons, right? I don't right. Have to fight them. But there's this little guy sitting across from me at high noon symbolic as it would turn out little round glasses on him and two minutes in two minutes in i'm in a shouting match with this sob wow and and all he could keep saying is travel bans don't work oh and all yeah I, I go to him i go dude i actually called him dude i didn't <laughs> know he walked on water at that point i didn't know he was a saint didn't know he was the darling of the media oh right i just God. i just taking the measure of this guy I go, dude, it's like, you need to tell me, it's like if, if, if China is sending us 20,000 Chinese nationals a day coming into LAX Man. and O'Hare and, and uh, Kennedy and, and, you know, Pittsburgh, I mean, that, that, uh, and, and some of them are likely lit up like a Christmas tree with virus that so we'd be better off, like, just come on in, right? <laughs> and he held that position. Um and I thought to myself, at the time, uh, this guy thinks he's smarter than he is, mm, which is always a problem. Yes. Which is always a problem. And I thought right there, I had an instinct that this guy was going to hurt not, the, not only the president, uh, but also the country. And, and here's what's so interesting about it. Not, not only was he wrong on a decision, courageous decision the president took yes. the, 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 the next day, essentially, um, but uh, uh, it saved millions of lives. Here's the thing. On that very same day, Rose, very same day, he had gotten an email. I didn't know this at the time, but Fauci, the evil Dr. Fauci, had gotten an email that very same day that said uh, from a scientist at Scripps that this virus was likely genetically engineered. Okay? Wow. Now, now, let's think about the implications of that. At that point, Fauci knew that the virus came from Wuhan, number one. Mm. He knew that it popped up within yards of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is also a bioweapons lab. He now knows that the virus itself, according to one of his top scientists, is genetically engineered. Mm -hmm. That's number three. Fauci knows that he funded that Wuhan lab and number five, and the kicker on all of this, is that Fauci authorized the use of gain-of-function experiments at that lab, which can turn harmless bat viruses into human killers. Yes. So, yes. so you tell me, Rose, did he know right then that that thing likely came from the lab? And think about it. The guy sitting across from him at the table... Yeah, I'm just I'm just a lowly economist. What the hell do I know? <laughs> I knew it was from the lab, right? I'd written about it. Wow. In 2006, that, 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 that this kind of thing could happen. My point is that even though Fauci lied to Congress, lied to Rand Paul, uh, the biggest lie was not that. It was the lie of omission right then on January 28th. Wow. Where he did not tell the president, me, or the task force. Rose, there would be millions of people alive today if Fauci had come clean. He has no... He has no I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you would have ahead. had what? Go, no, ahead. go ahead. No, I mean, he, there, and he has no... He's not even sorry for that. I mean, it's okay. 
It, it doesn't well, even look. He's a sociopath and a narcissist. I mean, we've Jeez. established that. His his modus operandi is to is to double down on his lies. It's like what what he did uh, right after January twenty eighth is organize a cover up uh, to push the Chinese Communist Party narrative that the thing came from nature. That that was wrong. But at the end of the day, at the, you know, at the end of this, like where he is now, he started off by saying. Um, virus didn't come from the lab it came from nature right now when it's obvious that it came from the lab he says um, there wasn't gain of function experiments there and then when we prove that there was gain of function experiments there he says well they weren't used to engineer the virus right i mean you see it's like this endless stream of lies and eventually he's going to blame this guy peter dosick one of his cutouts that he gave a bunch of money to to funnel into the lab as the fall guy and try to walk away clean. But one of the missions of the In Trump Time book is to once and forevermore take this guy down. He needs to be out of public office, up on Capitol Hill, confessing his crimes, and then shipped over to a court and um, two kinds of courts. You know, one to put him in an orange jumpsuit, the other civil suits for all the people he killed. Only, families yeah. families need to uh you know he's the highest paid bureaucrat he's worth millions uh he, those millions ought to be recovered because he's a murderer blood on his hands and that's that's just i'm just getting started in because <laughs> because there's a whole lot more after that all right well this is peter navarro we're talking to right now his book new book is in trump time it, this is just full of information uh it'll really shed a light i mean this is the guy who knows you know and that's something else too peter uh, you've been with trump as i mentioned in the introduction uh from the time of the 2016 campaign all the way to the end of the his term in office and 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 those of us that i've had an opportunity to serve on the board of directors with laura trump and got to know eric pretty well and and have met with the president and spoke before many of his rallies so i i liked what i saw but i also know that he is a man he's he is so focused he's a hard worker he's constantly on the move how was that for you that's a long time to work with somebody like that (laughs) well uh i remember one time um we, we took the big bird air force one down to uh, Buenos Aires, um, Argentina, for one of these uh, uh, G20 meetings and had a big showdown there with uh, China. And um, I remember on the flight back, um, the group of us gathered in, in, the, uh, in his office on Air Force One, and he's sitting behind there and he's working. And as the hours go by, like, like people dwindle out there like crashing pompeo's like you know, everybody eventually out he's still working i'm sitting there i sat with him the whole time um quiet when you say a few words he'd keep working um never <laughs> he's just like a workhorse and the funny part was uh, and this has never happened to me before but i work at a stand-up desk when i got back to my office uh, to grab my things to go home, like at <laughs> six in the morning. Oh my right? god! And and I went to stand up at my desk to check my email, and I literally fell asleep. Oh no! <laughs> and, uh, no! And the boss, the the kicker on this, because this story isn't about me. The kicker on this is that like the boss just powered through that day. I mean, he started yeah. his day 
right in the morning like he usually does and did, didn't even miss a beat. I don't know how he um, does it. And, you know, I mean, uh, and he, he, he just cares about this country. And I hope he, you know, in Trump time book, there's some private moments there I can share that show kind of the, what, what, what a wonderful man he is because that's rarely shown. I mean, there's just a lot of people who hate him for reasons. But, you know, I mean, you have to ask yourself the question, Rose. It's like, what is it? What is it, Pittsburgh? If you didn't vote for him, you didn't like about him. I mean, was it the strong economy with real rising wages? Was it North Korea grounding its missiles, Iran, peace? cracking down on the Chinese so they wouldn't steal our factories and secure right. southern border. Or maybe maybe one or two of those tweets. Was that what was that guy yeah. got you? <laughs> Peter, yeah. so, I so see. now you got now you soccer moms that that, that think that about that. Trump. Now yeah. you got like critical race theory you you're yes. dealing with. You got like empty like shelves Fauci in the grocery stores. Yeah. Jab jab the vaccine into your six year old. Um, which is like the biggest form of child abuse. Oh, and yeah. by the way, I say that just so you know, in the interim time book, I describe how on February 9th, I'm in my office and I was like the guy who helped the president get Operation Warp Speed started. I yes, you were. On Feb- February 9th, it said, hey, we move now in Trump time, which means as soon as possible, we'll have a vaccine by October or November. And you did. I and mean, heads exploded. Wow. I wrote that. And when the president goes out and says, yeah, we're going to get it. And I had to fight Fauci on that. Yes. Fauci criticized they me. Did. Yeah, I, they did. I, I, the, the showdowns with him are, are epic in the In Trump Time book. I just want everybody to know that that SOB is pure evil. And, you know, if you by the time you get to the end of the In Trump Time book, if you don't agree with me, I'll give you double your money back. <laughs> because this guy needs to go. He's just... She's so harmful to this country. No, I agree with you 100%. And, uh, you know, I have to say, you did an amazing job, Peter. And I'm so glad that you were there uh, by his side from the very beginning until that last day. And and I thank you for the good work that you did do. And thank you for standing up to that little guy, uh, Fauci. I really appreciate that. And I can't help but think that that none of what we're seeing right now would be happening if Trump were still in office. It's just, it's very sad to watch what's happening to this country. And so quick, so quickly, you know, it hasn't even sad, been a sad year. Sad and dangerous. Sad this and is, dangerous, is, uh, yes. As, as, look, I mean, look, as, it's on so many fronts. I mean, as a macroeconomist, which is kind of what I did before I got, got working for the boss, um, I, I, I've never seen um, more dangerous economic yes. conditions is right now and if if biden and pelosi are successful in, in throwing yet another trillion dollars on the inflationary fire god help us yeah uh but you know whether it's the southern border or, or whatever there's a great story in the in trump time book about how we we fix the southern border and it's relevant because because with a stroke of a pen um biden undid it but but we, we you know i i I don't know how much you know about the southern border issue, but uh, the boss came in wanting to secure that border. But we were faced with a series of uh, unfavorable court rulings, particularly this Dolly G decision by an Obama judge that effectively institutionalized both catch and release and then the use of children kind of as bait 
um, to get people across the border. I mean, it's just just brutally inhumane. And 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 the boss finally like he's tearing his hair out on this, and it's like I go over to see the White House legal counsel, Pat Cipollone. It's like, what do we do here? And and Pat says, how about can we use tariffs? You know, is that possible? And I go, yeah, yeah, we can do it under this section because it's a national security threat for you. And so. So we so we threaten the tariffs, right? And like heads explode, right? <laughs> Wall Street Journal goes ballistic. Free trader, you gotta do that. And the left's going ballistic. It's like those poor immigrants. And it's like twenty four hours later, the Mexicans put thousands of troops on the border yes. and more importantly yes. they agree to that safe third provision, which is um, they'll keep them on their side of the border. And then the boss parlays that into the same thing yes. for the Northern Triangle countries, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. And boom, countries, wow. it's fixed. We do that in 2018. and 2019, we have the real rising wages for blue-collar and black and brown Americans. Like, they put, you know, connect the dots. Connect them. Damn. Right? Do you think? I don't know. And that. I we'll- talk about that in the interim time book. And then, and then Biden with this, I, I I suspect he'd like to have that one back because he didn't think it through. But but <laughs> yeah. we've got like right now, you got four hundred thousand people in one caravan alone. I know um, coming at us, and it's like, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Okay, people of Pittsburgh, uh, <laughs> two million more than two million illegal aliens are coming over in in twenty twenty one alone. Right? Okay, let's relocate every one of them to Pittsburgh. Wow. Right. I mean, or I, what I want to do is I want to have them all come to Washington, D.C. Right? Wouldn't Let's that be fun? Them, yeah, do here. that. Well, do let that. them here. You could, you could increase the population like four by 4X. Wow. Right? Let, let, let Joe and Nancy kind of see, see what this looks like up close and personal. Good God, Peter. I, it's just, yeah. it's so sad to see after all those wonderful accomplishments, what a great four years we had. Uh, and, and, and thank you for what you did. I like you. I, will you come on again? <laughs> I, I just like sure. you. You're, you're no, fun and you're fun. smart. No. And yeah, I, I like you a lot. The, we're talking to Peter Navarro. He is the author of the new book in Trump time. I love that. A journal of America's plague here. <laughs> you know what? Thank you for everything that you've done. My, my pleasure. You are pleasure. really sweet. You're a great guy. And I'll have you back if you'll agree. We'll talk some more. Just, just right. set it up. Uh, We'll get, we'll get you a signed copy of the book and all that That'd good stuff. That'd be awesome. You know, last thing I'll tell you, you know, the, the other thing that's really cool about the In Trump Time production is um, I did the uh, audio book myself. I did, uh, did the recording. Oh, great. You have um, a good voice, but, uh, by the way. But, but what surprised me, thank you, but what surprised me is that nobody's ever done this. I actually had people uh, voice their parts in it. Right. Oh, you're so kidding! I, got, I like, love that. No, no, no. I had Steve. I got Steve Bannon and Victor Davis Hanson. Corey Lewandowski steals the show. Oh, I'm sure he does. Um, with a with an extended riff in it. Uh, the boss is in it. Um, and then I use clips uh, from you know TV, which you can use for like fair use and, yeah. and so Fauci and those. It's, it's, a, it's really kind of a compelling. Uh, that was brilliant. To, so, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well done. Peter Navarro in Trump time. You're great. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us. This episode of Rose Unplugged was brought to you by MyPillow.com. Now listen, those standard pillows, MyPillows, amazing pillows, you are going to save so much money. So much money because right now, they're only $19.98. Yeah. 
That's right. But you've got to use promo code ROSE. And don't forget, Christmas is right around the corner. No delays here. Put your orders in right now at MyPillow.com. I would highly recommend the slippers. I love them. MyPillow.com, promo code ROSE, up to 66% off. $19.98 for the standard pillow. And also, Hemp Lily. Hemp Lily. This lady's amazing. She's a patriot, a Christian. She started her own business. She's got great products. Oh my goodness, what she's got for Christmas. Take a look. HempLily.com, promo code ROSE. I highly recommend the moisturizer. Your skin feels like silk when you're done with it. HempLily.com, promo code ROSE. 